We're here. Hey, we're here. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the Witches Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. Yep, and I'm Kara. I'm Megan. <laughs> and we are talking. We are here with words for you. And a video. <laughs> if you're going on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I think we forgot to mention that last time. We, we are did. on YouTube. If you want to find us there. It's a little different because I don't edit the YouTube video. <laughs> you just get every ridiculous thing that you happens. You get us. You get us. So today, <laughs> I guess this would be called a mystery. A okay. mystery story. This suggestion came from the Kentucky Murderinos Facebook group. You know how oh, everybody like has them. their own local Murderinos mm-hmm. group. So this one, back when we first started the podcast, we were like, hey, do you guys have any stories? Yeah. Like locally? So it's a Kentucky one. The story I'm about to tell you happened in Stanford, Kentucky. Stanford. Stanford. I grew up in Lancaster, Kentucky, which is right next to Stanford. And the two towns are tiny, pretty similar. Yeah. Like according to my very scientific eyeballs, when I look at the map, (laughs) they're basically the same size (laughs) and their populations in the last census were about the same. And they're both like 3,600 people. Like they're small. And um, neither of them is what you would call a very wealthy town. Like lots of farmers, blue collar workers. Yeah. Stanford did and still does have a Walmart. And we did not. So that's something. They were fancy. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I was in high school. Did they have a Piggly Wiggly or an IGA or a Winn-Dixie? We had an IGA, uh, but it closed. Okay. And everybody blamed the Walmart. Mm. Mm-hmm. But they did have some sort of other little, it wasn't Piggly Wiggly, but some sort of other little yeah. food chain like that. I love those. So when I was in high school, Stanford had a few fast food restaurants like McDonald's and Arby's. And we just had like Dairy Queen. Yeah. But we also had Burger House, which I've talked to you guys about before. We've got to go. If you're ever in Lancaster, go to Burger House. It is the best, and it's been there since my parents were in high school. It's fantastic. It's like the little dipper in Owensboro. It's great. So anyway, I say all that just because I want to make the point that this is a small town. It's little. It's, it's tiny. A town. And with, like, small town people. And I don't mean that as an insult. Like, I no, love small town everybody talks. People. Yeah. You wouldn't... I don't know. I'm going to circle back to that a lot when I tell this, because it's not a place where something can happen to you... And you can maintain any sort of, like, anonymity. Right. So. Everybody knows. Everybody's business. Yeah. If you have a story, like what I'm about to say, if you're going to tell everybody, then it's like you're that person that this happened to for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. And everybody's going to know. once people are related to you, you're you're so-and-so's cousin. Yeah. You know (laughs) what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're branded forever. Because not a lot of stuff happens in small towns. So when something happens, it. It happens big. And it lingers for generations. <laughs> so to me, you wouldn't make up this story. Okay. Okay. I mean, maybe I would. You don't know me. <laughs> maybe I want that kind maybe of attention. I would. So in January of 1976, three women. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. Okay. Mona Stafford, Louise Smith, and Elaine Thomas traveled from where they lived in Houstonville, which is outside of Stanford, but it's all the same county. Right. To Stanford to go to dinner for Mona's birthday. She was turning 36. She went to Redwoods Restaurant, which is right between Lancaster and Stanford. I actually thought Redwoods, because I remember it, was in Lancaster. But maybe it was technically in Stanford. But it was just right between the two. Yeah. So they had dinner. And every article I read noted they didn't have alcohol with their dinner. But that's because the whole area was dry. Like, oh yeah, you couldn't buy alcohol in Lancaster, Lancaster yeah. until after I graduated high school. Yeah. I think it was like... 2002 or something. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 98 and it was a few years after that. They turned that Dairy Queen into a liquor store. And my mom has like never gotten over it. <laughs> oh no. But also after that, we got a McDonald's. So. Our cute little Dairy Queen's like a t-shirt business or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our Dairy Queen is now a liquor, a liquor store. <laughs> Still doesn't have a real grocery store though. Anyway. <laughs> so they go to dinner just 
three ladies out on the town. Living it up. Going to Redwoods. Going to their friend's birthday without alcohol. Mm -hmm. And then they get into Louise's 67 Chevy Nova and head home around 11.15 p.m. Okay. Thinking they'd be home by midnight. Right. This is where my papa would say, see, this wouldn't have happened if they were driving a Ford. (laughs) (laughs) He takes every opportunity he gets. Jab it. You say Chevy in front of him. I just love your travel. He's the best. He's so cute. They're outside of Stanford, heading towards Houstonville, and they see this big, bright red, disc-shaped thing in the sky. Mona thought maybe there was an airplane on fire. (laughs) No. The Completely Kentucky website gives this description. As the object descended from the right side of the road to a point ahead of them, they could see that it was not an airplane, but a huge object bigger than two houses. The object stopped about a hundred yards ahead of them, stretching across the road on both sides. It rocked back and forth for a couple of seconds and then moved off to the left. Huh. So then it's just gone. Yeah. And I'm sure they were like, well, Louise, what on earth do you see that? I have never in... Oh, mm, all my life. Oh, my stars. In all my years, I ain't seen nothing like that. I just don't know. So it gives them something to talk about as they right. head on down the road. They just go a little bit further, and then there's a blue light in the rear end of the car. And of course, it's like, well, Louise is being pulled over. Yeah. Remember that time I got pulled over on my way to you? <laughs> that cop, he did not he care did, for me. He did not care. Mm-mm. Well, we were not friends. No. But then they realized this isn't the police. It's that big flying object they had just seen a few minutes before. So suddenly, Louise no longer has control of the car. Like, it's still driving, but it's not like, like, yeah. Like, it starts accelerating and she's not even touching the gas pedal. It's just nothing. What do I do with my hand? (laughs) Mona was in the front passenger seat and she and Louise tried to, like, take back control of the car, but they couldn't. Oh, my gosh. Um, The object followed them for a bit, then turned up on its side and came up beside the driver's side (laughs) window. <laughs> the women all described the same thing. The object was a dome on top, had red lights around the middle, and a yellow blinking light underneath. So initially, that description bugged me because I was like, well, that's just straight out of a comic book. Yeah, like, why do they just have a caution light on? But it also, <laughs> it's 1976, so it's like, what came first? The cartoon in the comic book or, yeah. like, this description that yeah. influenced the cartoon this in the comic book? situation. Not sure. So the car was going up to, like, 85 miles an hour. Like, it was just flying down the road. Then... Some sort of fog filled the car, and the women's eyes started burning. What? The ignition lights on the car's dashboard all light up like the engines failed, but the car is just going along just fine at 85 miles an hour. And their eyes are so irritated by whatever this hazy air is in the car that they have a hard time keeping them open. So they look up through the front windshield, and there's this wide, brightly lit road in front of them and then all of a sudden that disappears and the car is in a pasture beside the road and they're just looking at like the normal highway the one they'd been on so like in the blink of an eye everything shifts so they'd moved ahead about eight miles from where the blue lights had shown up and when they looked at the time an hour and 20 minutes had passed oh so remember they thought it would take them 40 45 minutes tops to get home yeah and they'd already been driving a little ways before this happened right so they should have been home by midnight yeah. And they ended up not getting home till one thirty in the morning. Oh, no. Which is weird because to them, they, they just drove straight yeah. down the road. Now it's one thirty in the morning. They get to Louise, Louise's home. It's going to be a problem this whole episode. I can oh, tell. Man. All their eyes are still burning. They go inside to like pull themselves together. <laughs> and that's when they realize they each have a tiny red mark on the backs of their necks. Louise also realized that the hands of her watch were spinning faster than normal. <gasps> that's happened to me before. I know. I thought of you a lot during all this. Wait till you hear. And when she tried to wash her face, the contact with water was really painful. So She's then amazed. 
They go <laughs> they go <laughs> next door to Louise's neighbors, Lowell Lee. Ooh. They tell them what happened, and he responds by telling them to each separately sketch the object they had seen. Which on one side, I'm kind of impressed with that. Like, that's yeah. a pretty good thing. On the other hand, I'm like, just believe them, you douche. Why yeah. do you get to decide what's true? Yeah, why are you being investigator? I'm sorry um, to your descendants, Lowly, for low. calling you a douche just now. See, it's because I'm from that area, and it's a small town. And if I insult yeah. somebody's Ooh, family, it could start a war. Everybody. Yeah, it's a problem. Regardless, they passed this test. The sketches were basically identical. Oh. So then they called the police and the local Navy office. Neither showed any interest in this story. Really? How do you feel about that? I don't... Like, they they didn't whip out their blue book? And what else do you have to do in Stanford, Kentucky? Exactly. Police? Exactly. So, it's not like y'all had anything else going on. I can't believe they weren't, like, jumping at the chance. You know? Like, I know. Like, almost in a... <laughs> well, and I wonder, too, like, had they gotten other phone calls about this situation? Like, about this flying object? I don't know, Kara. I don't... Okay. Well, let's Maybe. find out. I'm sure they were, like, women. <laughs> my joker i love that you're already cracking up women they're probably just on their periods <laughs> red lights no whatever they were cramping nobody seems to care and they just sort of go on with their lives so a few days after this mona is still having a lot of trouble with her eyes and she goes to the doctor and they diagnose her with severe conjunctivitis oh. which i think it's important because that's like she documentation pink yeah pink eye from the aliens Oh, mm. also, it's so <laughs> it a probing joke. I'm just waiting for Jason's. They got probed and she got pink eye. Um, Louise also had a pet parakeet. And whenever she first got home that night that it happened, it was clear that the bird was suddenly terrified of her, which wasn't normal. Like usually she'd come home and the bird would greet her. Yeah. Like, how I don't know. I don't like. How are you? I don't like birds. <laughs> yeah, and the bird's like, "How's your day?" Um, I don't like birds, but it seems like they had maybe a close relate. Maybe yeah. this was a nice bird. Yeah, I used to have a cockatiel, and he would sit on my shoulder and like play in my hair. Yeah. He would just like twist in it, and act <laughs> like he had hair. He was so cute. He would. He would do that. It's like Fabio, and he would, like hop up under it, so it would be like his little face and his beak, and he would have like hair over it. Okay, well that does sound cute. He was very. Cute. I take. I'm sorry that I said I hated birds. He was very cute. I'm sure he was great. So usually it would greet her and be happy to see her, but this time it freaked out and it flew like into the side of the cage and was flapping its wings, like just obviously really scared. So after that, it would have nothing to do with her. And that's interesting. From then on? Right. Oh. Because it's like, you know how animals or we think that animals can sense things that we can't. So maybe the bird could tell that something was different about her. Also her car, which is the one they'd been in that night, was suddenly, it had all these electrical problems. Like its lights wouldn't work right. I know. Hmm. I know. I wonder about you at this point. Huh. Apparently the news media found out about this event from the Navy office, which I kind of wonder if the Navy office probably has to report anything that's reported to them. And then maybe the media monitors that because I'm right. like, if the if the Navy office didn't care enough to go investigate when they called it in, why would they yeah. report it to the media? But well, I don't the know media if that's is all over everything. Yeah. So anyway, once it's in the media, some investigators who know about this type of stuff get involved. There's Jerry Black of the Mutual Unidentified Flying Objects Network, MUFON. I want to be a part of that. J. Allen Hynek of Center for UFO Studies, mm-hmm. SUFOS. I'm going to be a part of that as well. And Jim <laughs> and Carol, no, Jim and Coral Lorenzen. Of Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, APRO. Yep. They all too. start looking into it. I'm going to join that. Kara well. is now part of all those. They, send, go ahead and send me my patches. <laughs> <laughs> so initially, the women 
didn't want to do any interviews. Right. And I guess that could be for lots of different reasons. They were like, like nobody's going to believe us. Right. They'd already, you know, the police already had, didn't care. Yeah. And it was probably embarrassing. It's yeah. a small town and, you know. They'd never been probed. Or they... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could also be that they didn't want to do interviews because it, because they'd made it up. You know what I mean? I don't think they made it up. But maybe it's like, oh, these really big time investigators from outside of Stanford are wanting to ha- talk to us. Right. We don't want to talk to them, you know. Yeah. But anyway, the investigators asked repeatedly, and they finally gave in. When Black interviewed the women, he said he could tell they were all really stressed by having to relive the event to tell him about it. He said it was clear that they were in physical pain. They were incredibly thirsty, which is something that had only started after the encounter. And they were chain smoking. Oh. Also, the women had each lost a lot of weight after the event. Oh. So, obviously, they didn't feel well, and they attributed that to the beam of light and the weird fog they'd inhaled. Mm. Louise even lifted up her hair to show the investigators the mark on the back of her neck. It was red and about the size of a half dollar. Oh, and one of them, this is the part, one of them mentioned that her alarm clock stopped working after she touched it, which made me think of you. I feel like we should really consider the idea that you have a repressed alien encounter, and that is why. Yeah. Because Kara has weird electrical issues. Yeah. Like, I've seen it. I've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a thing. can shock things. It's a thing. It She'll walk happens. under a light and it'll go off. I mean, it's just weird. My car has weird electrical issues and mm-hmm. I can't figure out why. She keeps messing up her watches. Oh, yeah. It dies all the time. Overall, the investigators felt the women were sincere when they relayed the events of the evening. So remember the thing with the parakeet? Yes. They did further tests with Louise around other birds. And when other people got close to the birds, the birds were fine. Mm-hmm. But when Louise did, the birds would freak out. But apparently just Louise, not the other two. There's also this. Investigators learned that on that same night, other people had independently reported sightings of a UFO Ooh. in Casey and Lincoln counties. Ooh. So one couple Is in Nelson County? Casey, Casey County and Lincoln County. Is that... Near Lincoln I don't think so. County? Oh, okay. No, Casey County is near Lincoln County. Okay. Yeah. So one couple in the Stanford area saw a bright object in the sky around 11.30 p.m. Others saw a ring of red lights in the sky. And some teenagers reported they chased a UFO from Stanford to Danville. Because, of course, he did. Of course he did. <laughs> of course what you're going to chase them down. Their car. They were out joyriding and they saw this, like, low hovering UFO. And they were they like, were let's go. Yeah. Snipe hunting. <laughs> um, who did they report these sightings to? Because when Louise, when they reported theirs, the police People weren't interested. Like it didn't happen. So you'd think if there were multiple reports. They would be like, oh, yeah, let's put two and two together. Or in this case, like 12 and right. three together. <laughs> 12. Like, why didn't the police or the Navy office take this more yeah. seriously? My conspiracy living brain is just like, what's being covered up here? Well, that's what I was going to say, because now they've come out and they're like, yeah, UFOs do exist. Mm-hmm. 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 So then Dr. R. Leo Sprinkle. Oh, that's precious. Is he a veterinarian? No. I knew a veterinarian named Dr. Sprinkle. and He was oh. great. No, this guy is a doctor, but he's not that kind of doctor. He's from the University of Wyoming, heard about this, and he came to Kentucky in March. So it's two months later to do a hypnotic regression on the women to try Mm. and see if he could get them to remember what had happened. So in case I didn't make this clear, it's not just the sighting of like, what was it? It's also what happened in that time. Maybe I should do this. So, oh my gosh. Yes. So what happened during that hour or so? They saw this wide, bright road and then suddenly... 
they're back on the highway. I've had that happen where I get home and it's like, how did I, how get, did here? I get here? Yeah. Was I asleep that whole time? Oh yeah. That happens to me all the time. If someone did a hypnotic regression on me, it'd be like, she was just really thinking about pizza. You yeah. Know, just whatever food she's going to eat next. Yeah. She gets really distracted by it. Yeah. Uh, or she was singing Dolly Parton songs really loud. <laughs> Mine is, she was having just random conversations in her head about situations 12 years ago that will yeah. never, ever happen. Yeah. She has now got the perfect comeback for that yeah. boy who broke up with her when she was yeah. a junior in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take that. Kick <laughs> rocks. Kick rocks, aliens. It took multiple sessions of the hypnotic regression because it was so stressful for the women. Oh, At gosh. first, yeah. Well, they're having to relive the whole thing each yeah. time. It's taken you like, you feel like you're there again, right? So Mona was the only one at first who would agree to do it. And in a lot of ways, I think they just wanted to like move on and forget all of this. But also they weren't doing well, mentally or physically. Yeah. They're still having all those same physical issues they've been having. Yeah. And I think the hope became that if they just worked on this and dealt with it, even if it was painful in the moment, it would free all of them from it. You yeah. Know, like, let's just get it out. Yeah. That's a huge metaphor for any issue. <laughs> like, let's just figure out what yeah. happened. Let's Whatever you're burying and not wanting to deal with right now. Let's work through it. Mm-hmm, do it. So if you're hearing me and you're feeling attacked. Sorry. This is your sign to stop pretending things are okay when they aren't. Anyway. And work through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the hypnotic regression. Mona remembered how she thought that she was watching a plane crash and then went on to reveal that the women were taken on board the object they had seen and medically examined by shadowy figures. They didn't call them aliens at the time. Nobody did. They didn't want to like, I know. Oh, shadow people freak me out. I freaking see them sometimes and it's like, Mm -mm. they say that at um, Waverly Hills, there's like all sorts of shadow people. Okay. This is why I'm not going. I don't like shadow people. I don't like the whole thing. So they didn't want to upset the women by saying the word aliens because they thought that might be like, right. You know, but they also didn't want to like influence them in any way. So they weren't, they weren't, they didn't want to accidentally coach the women into saying aliens. So instead they showed Mona pictures of drawings that had been done of aliens based on other people who'd been through similar experiences. Like what did they describe? And Mona looked at those pictures and said there were definite similarities between those drawings and the shadowy figures she was seeing under hypnosis. Even after getting all of that out, the women didn't get better physically or mentally. That's not an excuse to ignore what I said earlier about dealing with your issues. It just means they weren't done yet. Yeah. It gets worse before it gets better. More. Keep going. It's like skincare. (laughs) (laughs) Gets worse before it gets better. First you peel and then you adjust and it gets better. Do you guys like how I'm folding in the mini pep talks here? It's just like, you think you're here to hear an alien story. (laughs) Get ready. Go deal with your issues. Anyway. So at this point, there's a financial issue. Oh. The investigators want to do more studies, but all of these tests cost money. Right. So Jerry Black, the investigator from MUFOS, mm-hmm. nope, MUFON, yep, something, went to the National Enquirer and made a deal. Oh. The Enquirer would pay for Dr. Sprinkle to come again from Wyoming and for lie detector tests. And if the results confirmed what the investigators suspected was true, then the Enquirer would have exclusive rights to publish the story. That's not fair to these ladies. Well, they would also be compensated. Oh, okay. Mona, okay. Louise, and Elaine would also be paid. Okay. Who does say how much? So, Dr. Sprinkle comes back, and all the investigators are there for another round of tests. And also, there's a new investigator, Bob Pratt, who was a well-known investigator from the Enquirer. So, whatever you think about the Enquirer, apparently Bob Pratt had a good reputation for being, like, an honest person. Okay. 
So first, they do the lie detector tests with a detective from the Lexington Police Department. The detective administered the test to each of the women separately and privately. And the thing to note here is that this detective, James Young, was supposed to be an expert in giving lie detector tests. And also, he was not a believer in all of this alien stuff. Okay. All three women passed their tests with zero signs of deception. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's hard to do. Mm -hmm. Even like because... If you're nervous, it's right. still going to freak it out. Right. Then Dr. Sprinkle did more um, hypnotic regression. And during these hypnosis se- sessions, it was just really obvious that the women were struggling. Like they would physically react oh. to some of the things that they were reliving. It was really like you were watching them go through it again. Oh, no. And they would like contort their bodies in different ways. And yeah. Ooh. So here are the basics. Mona, Louise, and Elaine were taken on board the craft and examined. Or uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? subjected to some yes. fairly harsh physical examinations. Nothing sexual. Seriously, every article makes the point. Nothing, Nothing sexual. sexual. But they were described as humiliating in a few different articles that I read. So Louise said she was put on a table. Elaine was inside some kind of capsule with something around her neck that kept her from speaking. Oh, God. And Mona was on a chair. They all described the beings, the aliens. They said they were shorter than usual, and they seemed to float or glide by them. Some had one eye, others had two, and they didn't see any sort of mouth. So the Mm. aliens didn't speak, but communicated without speaking. Oh, and Elaine, yes, and Elaine said their hands looked like the tips of wings. According to an APRO bulletin about the event, in his conclusive paragraphs after doing all these studies, Doctor Sprinkle reports: In my opinion, each woman is describing a real experience. And they are using their intelligence and perceptivity as accurately as possible in order to describe the impressions which they obtained during the hypnotic regressions session. The impressions during the loss of time experience are similar to those of other UFO witnesses who apparently have experienced an abduction and examination during their UFO sighting. I hate the fact that there are so many people who... Yeah. Like, there's enough of these that you can actually compare the stories and look for similarity, you know? You have statistics. Right. That's weird, you guys. That's weird. Yeah. Um, although it is, I'm, I'm still quoting him. Although it is not possible to claim absolutely that a physical examination and abduction has taken place, I believe that the tentative hypothesis of abduction and examination is the best hypothesis to explain the apparent loss of time experience, the apparent physical and emotional reactions of the witnesses to the UFO sighting, the anxiety and the reactions of the witnesses to their experiences which have occurred after their UFO sighting. So they still had like the thing with the parakeet, yeah. the electrical issues. The physical issues. Did they ever do, like, ultrasounds or x-rays on those spots on their necks? Not that I ever read. What? Why? Mona apparently stopped sleeping. Like, she was having a lot of trouble sleeping. Oh. She didn't like to be home alone. She would go to her parents' house. You know. Yeah. Um, it was Mona's birthday, so she's 36 years old, and she just yeah. can't, you know. They're all it's having a lot of trouble maintaining their day-to-day stuff. Okay, back to Dr. Sprinkle. In my opinion, the UFO experiences of these women are a good example of the type of apparent abduction and examination which seems to be occurring to more UFO witnesses. The present evidence suggests to me that the women have cooperated sincerely and openly. I believe the case is a good example of UFO experiences because of the number and character of the witnesses and because of the results of further investigation through polygraph examinations and hypnotic regression sessions. Oh my gosh. And he didn't work. Like these other investigators, they worked for like... The mutual UFO network. Yeah. They, they worked for organizations that you kind of think want to prove this true. Right. But he just works for the University of Wyoming. Like, he's yeah. not tied to any of those. No, it's just a doctor. So I think that's interesting. Help. Yeah. I guess it 
depends on if you believe in hypnotic regression, but mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I, mean, I think that, I think it can be, um, blown out of proportion or, or whatever. Right. But I do think it can be done also. Yeah. So I talked to my dad about this because he grew up in Stanford and has lived in Stanford Lancaster mm-hmm. his whole life, except for when he was in the military. But, um, I was like, do you remember this? Yeah. Alien abduction. Cause I'd never heard of it. And it's just the kind of story that I would have paid attention to. Yeah. So he's, he was like, Oh yeah, I remember those three ladies. And so he I didn't remember. That. I know. I'm like, you never told me. Why? Uh, but also, you know, the news cycle then was yeah. so different. Oh yeah. Like you wouldn't hear about it for days and days and mm-hmm. days and days and days. Yeah. He said that the main thing he remembers about it is how everybody believed them. Cause he was just like, Cause you know, it's a small town. Right. And even if you didn't know them, you probably knew somebody that did. Yeah. And like I said, I know I'm talking about Lancaster as if it's Stanford, but honestly, it's, they're both two small towns right together. It's almost like they're all the same. You know, you would know people that know, that knowed them. That knew (laughs) them. That knew them. (laughs) That knew them and everything. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, I believe her because so-and-so says she's trustworthy or whatever. And it's all three women and they all had the same things to say and they separated them and they they still had the same same things. Yeah. So I had told my mom about it and she vaguely remembered it right and i was like you know in alien encounter stories this one is considered mm-hmm. like a, a good one like it's a well-respected yeah. story because it has so much of this independent documentation on it and she was just like well you know <laughs> is that right <laughs> i did what <laughs> so that's it i mean do you think the idea of aliens is scary or what are your feelings on it i if you if we were to turn on the news right now and they were like, aliens have landed on the White House lawn. I don't know. I mean, if they're, they didn't kill these people, why did they choose these people to study? Like, yeah. what are they, why do they choose any of the people they choose? What benefit are they getting out of these people, these mm-hmm. specific people? Why are they studying bovine? Because that's what they're killing. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't kill these people. They're leaving all these people. They're attempting to erase their memories, but they're not. They're just blocking them. I don't know. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it feels like... like do they have, you know, weapons of mass destruction? I don't know. Do they have... like they, they clearly yeah. have technology beyond what we have. If that's the case, if there are yeah, aliens. scary, but if not, if they're just here to, like, chit-chat, <laughs> then... I mean, grab a chair. They're a different species, obviously. So yeah. maybe they communicate differently than we do. Well, maybe they, they, maybe the, they don't even know how weird the they're being. There were dumb ones that were climbing on roofs. <laughs> <laughs> that were just all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it would depend. I think if I, well, I was like, if we got out of here and there was a news article or a news story that was like, aliens are on the White House lawn, that would make me nervous. Somebody get me underground. Yeah. <laughs> but if it was just kind of like, we have verifiable proof that there are aliens in outer space, that wouldn't scare me. Because yeah. I don't know. I just, that doesn't seem that hard to wrap my head around. Right. It just seems like if they were going to hurt us, they would have. Would have by now. And what do they have to gain by hurting us? Yeah. Unless they need our planet. Yeah. Because there's this deteriorating. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe in aliens or not. I can never decide. But I used to have a friend who was absolutely terrified of aliens. Like he was scared of sharks and aliens. <laughs> And I was like, huh. Like, I, it had never occurred to me before to have, like, an alien phobia. Yeah. But he, like, couldn't watch alien oh. stuff. It really so freaked him out. So signs was not okay. No, 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 no. Those aliens. Those aliens are scary. Swing away. The other thing is, it's like, you can believe something happened to these yeah. women. But what was it? 
Because there still had been also, earlier... what if they weren't aliens, they were spirits from another realm? What if they were taken into... What if we're hopping timelines here, yeah. and it's like different dimensions of time, yeah. and these are like way in the future where we've evolved so much more right. that we don't need mouths? Right, yeah. <laughs> Every dirty joke that could possibly pop in my head just popped in my head. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> Probe club. <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it is a thing where it's like, it could also be some sort of weird there's so much the government does that we don't know about so it could be some kind of weird testing stuff they were doing and these women were influenced maybe they saw something in the air and then there had been alien stuff reported before and maybe that yeah. was just in there but the fact that they separated them and they still had the well, same stories. and like the weird fog in the car the car now acting weird the animals acting weird yeah i just see that that's not i don't know yeah and if they were put in like different scenarios while being tested then, yeah, maybe those animals are going to react different to this person because maybe they have a different electromagnetic field or Because something. of what Louise... Because animals react weird to electricity. It seemed like they had different... And it seems like Louise is the one that had the most electrical yeah. issues with, like, her clock and her watch and yeah. the car. Yeah. So, there you go, you guys. You can make up your minds about what you believe about it. It just seems... It's a pretty good... Plausible. I was not expecting it when I saw it. You were like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. And I was, I was also like, if this happened in Stanford, how'd I never hear about it? Like, yeah. I wasn't born... I was born in 79, so I wasn't around when this happened. But they were so traumatized that it just was quiet after that. I guess. You would think people would have talked about that for years. Yeah. And I said that to my mom, and she goes, well, I guess we just talked to the wrong people. And I'm like, well, I guess you <laughs> well, I guess you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wondered, like, I'm sure they're not alive anymore so they were 30s then how long ago has that been 40 oh they could still be alive yeah so i just it's like i just like, i wonder where they are now and if they're okay i know, I know. like have they had to live with this like did they ever did get they over the physical symptoms they kids did they have nothing i read mentioned any like uh-huh. family stuff all right dang that's your mystery for the week go figure out some aliens let us know actually i just want to know if you if you have believe you the aliens have you been abducted do you have weird electrical issues like me? <laughs> Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.